Hello, I'm Julian Rubinstein, podcast host, satirist and professional idiot. And I'm James Bold and I write words for money. You're listening to The New Conspiracist. This is a podcast that boldly goes where most people know better than to tread. Each week, we take one specific conspiracy theory and one fantastic guest and we dissect it. What's the conspiracy? Who's behind it? What's the evidence for it? And why do people believe in it? And then we settle definitively, once and for all, whether it's fact or fake news. So whether you want answers on 9-11 or the Loch Ness Monster, on Benghazi, or whether Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by her body double Melissa, who, yes, does have a sponsorship deal with this podcast, you're in the right place. Now this week, we've got a first for the podcast, a returning guest. In the first series of The New Conspiracist, we spoke to Nikki Wolf about QAnon. But after the tragic and terrible events that took place at the Capitol building in Washington on the 6th of January, we felt like we had to ask, where is QAnon going next? And who better than to bring back on Nikki to explore the ever-shifting, shape-shifting nightmare that is QAnon? So, James, let's get into it, shall we? But, guys, we obviously have rejoined. We've come back together, haven't we? We've found ourselves back talking about a subject which, since we last spoke, literally and metaphorically exploded. I mean, I, I actually have to say, I'm, I'm quite worried about this this one because, you know, we did we did what I think was a great episode of season one with Nikki on QAnon, and then it just kind of petered out. You've not really yeah. heard any <laughs> consequences of it since then. I, I'm really, you know, I just don't think we should have devoted uh, 45 minutes of our valuable time. It would have been good to, like, do the first episode, which obviously was, you know, it was a, it was a great episode of the show. It would have been good to do that. And then, I don't know, like, have a guy dressed, I don't know, maybe just painted, like, the American flag on his face, maybe wearing a kind of crazy hunting hat with horns on, maybe sort of, like, the topless. <laughs> and maybe he, like, breaks into a, a Capitol building or something, it's something, but that would be ridiculous, right? I mean, that I was would never say that's, happen. That's what we call in the business fantasy news. That, that would never happen. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually coming to you live from sitting in the speaker's chair in the House of Commons, <laughs> just sort of wondering. <laughs> yeah, and maybe doing some sort of weird tribal war, like whoa, yeah, yeah. When you've entered a chamber of absolute sanctity and democracy, and you're supposed to be protecting it, Nikki. Obviously, we are, you know, joking around here, but it is no. Um, you know, I don't think it's overselling it to say that QAnon burst into the national conversation in a terrifying militaristic way, in a way that really, I think, was everything we were scared of and everything we hoped would never happen. I mean, be- before we jump in, I should I should stress on this one. This, this is very much uh, a sequel episode. This is QAnon 2, QAnon Harder. Um, and we're really going to be chatting about January and sort of looking forward. So for any listeners who don't know what QAnon is and, you know, haven't gone down the rabbit hole or done their own research, I would urge you to go back and listen to our season one episode, also with the delightful Nikki Wolf, and then come back exactly here for Nikki's first answer. Well, so I would I would call this episode QAnon 2 Electric Boogaloo, which actually um, is is a clever pun. It, it works the on Boogaloo one level too is, many, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the Boogaloo Boys is the name for one of the sort of proud boy adjacent far-right groups that was sort of involved in 
the riot. So that sort of works on a double level. I'm just, I just scared it was another bloody WandaVision sort of connect or something. I was like, where is this going? But <laughs> I, the, the, the professional comedian in the in the room said this is a, that was a better pun than James usually does. So we'll just let it go. I don't do puns. This is slander and you'll be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> right, so Nikki, but seriously, I mean, could you have imagined, I mean, yes, I mean, you could have imagined, but let's tell me your perspective on what happened when you were watching the Capitol insurrection? Actually, take us the day before, the 5th of January. We knew there was going to be a protest. We knew Trump was going to speak. You've been following this story immensely closely for a secret project that the Illuminati won't let us talk about yet. How, you know, what were you expecting? You know, what, where, like, where was your head at there? So uh, there have been a couple of these things before right i was actually at one um, just after the election where you get all the usual subjects speaking and they hang around in dc and then sort of go home um it slowly became clear that this one was going to be different partly trump very much in, said, said go you know we're going to fight we're going to march on uh, the capital i mean we've seen all this in, in the impeachment trial like he very clearly incited but this one you you got the sense that it was different as the crowd got closer and closer to the Capitol. This was when they were certifying the election vote. And I was sat watching CNN. CNN was just inside the building. You know, they were showing, you know, the usual Republican suspects um, were objecting, making blah, blah, blah to the vote. And on Twitter, there was clearly this situation starting outside. So I was screaming at the television like, hey, CNN, you want to cut to outside? And this group of people, all of whom in exactly the way that, that was obvious from the start, frankly, with QAnon, who'd been told in no uncertain terms that there was a plan that Biden was not going to be made uh, president, that the election was going to be certified. And once it became clear that uh, the election wasn't going to be certified, even, and once it became clear that this was not reality, um, there was this cognitive dissonance in the audience where they, a lot of people have called it a coup, have called it an insurrection. It was a weird, it was somewhere between that and a kind of organic flash mob in a way. Like in no way were these people there to realistically actually take over government. Yeah, like almost like an augmented reality game, like they, you're picking up their Pokemons. We should say that's that's not how a coup would work. It's not that the first sort of 20 soldiers that run in and capture or kill people. And, and it was obviously an awful tragedy. Like we're, we're talking about an event where, where people died, right? Um, but there was also these really weird moments where so we we sort of hinted at this this guy uh, the QAnon the Q shaman who's one of these Q influencers who this and this was the most iconic pictures that, that came out of the event was of him wearing you know topless covered in paint holding this you know um flag and uh, wearing these horns and sitting in the speaker's chair um but then he was just sort of wandering around in there there's this amazing video that the New Yorker dug up where a Capitol Police officer sort of in there, he's he's sort of hanging around, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" The guy's like, "Listen, can you, would you would you maybe mind leaving? This is like the sacredest place." It's incredible that video. I mean, I can't stress enough. If you haven't seen this video, go to the New Yorker. Like, it's it's the it's the footage. I mean, it was used all over the impeachment, you know, trial. Yeah, the whole thing was very quintessentially QAnon in that 
it would be incredibly stupid and silly while also being quite dangerous and quite serious. And we're not good at processing all of those things at once because one of the things that really, really struck me was people broke in. They were sort of in there, you know, as part of an armed mob. And then they stayed within the red ropes. And it's like, oh, they, yeah. and clearly, you know, totally, totally James. You know, the, the sort of people get a bit conspiratorial when they say the whole thing was an incredibly organized militia type thing. No, most of these people got in and they were like, what the fuck do I do now? What the hell do we do now? It doesn't yeah. mean that. It's like the duck that caught the car. It, it doesn't, yes, exactly that. But it doesn't mean that people's lives weren't in danger. It doesn't mean people, you know, people died and a police officer died. And of course, he was actually a Trump voting police officer, um, you know, who did his job. And so you had this kind of mix of stupid and immensely serious. And you can tell how it caught up on people in the. I think most of them were genuinely shocked when they then got arrested and charged sometimes with really quite severe offences. You can sort of, it had gone out of the bubble of reality for them. They did think they were playing a game or doing something endorsed. And so I think they were almost as shocked as anyone when suddenly they were back for major crimes. There's an interview with a woman who flew there on her own private plane. She was like a real estate agent. And also, sidebar, how did real estate agents suddenly make private jet money? Have you not well, anyway. Selling Sunset? <laughs> no, I haven't. That's what everyone tells me I should watch. She was unbelievably surprised. She was like, sorry, I was just following what, you know, what the president said to do. Um, yeah, it, it was, it, and it really highlighted the general cognitive dissonance that is QAnon. Mm-hmm where people are, and, you know, that's why one of the protesters was also shot and killed. Um, and it's it's unbelievably tragic that this, this joke slash serious cult, which is how it starts, right? Like, on 4chan, it started with people who are LARPing, right? Like, yeah, um, every, everyone initially knew that Q wasn't, because there were, there, there were dozens of them. It was like White House leaks, um, sort of second yeah, FBI and on FBI, FBI and on there was CIA and on obviously there was yeah and it's just, it's just laughing people yeah. are doing role play but then because of the way the internet works it spreads it like turns into this thing that's bigger than the sum of its original parts mm. and so these these are people who have caught brainworms yeah, essentially exactly. and, it, and it's and they're following it. They think they're saving the world. They think they think they're on the side of good, mm. right? They they think they're protecting people from this evil that they from this fucking Dungeons and Dragons reality. You know, well, like it really is. Pedophile gang. I mean, this yeah, is yeah, a, yeah. even if QAnon itself dies down. You know, if you think your country is run by people who rape, murder, and eat children. You don't sort of suddenly go back to going, right, well, you know, I'll go back to uh, voting my normal politics and having yeah, a right. daily life. Uh, and and this, these are not, the, the individual components of QAnon are not new, right? Like, they think Soros is funding uh, kind of Antifa. <laughs> like, that's an ancient, 
But the, these that sort of stuff is ancient anti-Semitic tropes that go back hundreds of years, I, right? I, and, just, and just the, you know, for declarations of interest, Soros is funding James. So um. it's, it's the blood libel again, right? Like Q, QAnon is not an original thing. But before we, can we just before we go deep, deep, deep into the Q sort of backstory again, because I, I, I've got to say some of that I had no idea about about the CIA and on and, and, and the FBI and on. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. In this podcast, dear listener, we obviously take for granted that there were factions of many different organizations, particularly far right, Proud Boys, everything. But in this podcast, what we're really focusing on is the sort of, just like Nikki said, is the brainworm of QAnon, is this kind of idea that real estate agents or an awful lot of people who on the in their external life might seem like rational, sane people were then also just as Nikki said, the cognitive dissonance that people who probably otherwise would totally understand the difference between breaking and not breaking the law and may never even have jailwalked, um, were right. suddenly put in a position where they were surprised that having walked through the broken glass of a door into a building, they were committing a criminal offence. There was a mass right. sort of amnesia of a law in a moment, wasn't there? In a sort of kind of unprecedented way, because it feels a bit like, like with the flash mob thing, I've never really thought about it like that, but it's a beautiful way to put it because that was an internet phenomenon, wasn't it? It was like, oh my God, the internet, flash mobs, woo! It's like, this is like viral uh, revolution, but it's a game, but it's serious, but it's a game, right? But it's fine because Trump said fight, right? He said fight. I mean, he didn't say, this is what he meant, right? And it's just that fractions of little bits of information that they're all making these mosaics in their mind that make sense to them but but are in fact totally um, bonkers much as it pains me to say it jolian does make a very good point for sort of our coverage and our dissection of are you feeling okay but you know our, our little podcast is a place where we talk about conspiratorial thinking conspiracy theories and what they tell us QAnon taps into some dark, dark fucking subcurrents of US politics, especially on race and on elitism and on all sorts of horrible forces. When we talk about the brainworms bit, when we talk about the origins of the conspiracy, that's because that's the bit we know about and we cover. We are staying in our lane. We are absolutely not trying to say it's just about those things. You know, there are lots of other places people can look for those broader contexts. We absolutely do not want to belittle those yeah but but it does bear mentioning and to bear in mind while we talk about the conspiracy bits that a lot of the the blame here goes to trump and the trump organization and campaign that saw this and weaponized it but nikki he was uh, acquitted no i really want to i really want to pick up on this because i like i'm sure most uh, you know uh, satirists um um someone who gets Donald Trump newsletters and was lucky enough as well, the ones I wasn't getting to see, all of the ones that were going out on Twitter from the day that, uh, you know, from, from, from really the day of the vote. And, and it, when it became quite clear that there were probably more postal votes that were coming in and Donald Trump was not going to win the election. And the language of those mail outs was immediately about a war, about fraud, about fighting, about fighting back, about something being stolen and stopping the steal. Stopping the steal. And then it became about storming. And I believe that this language is constructed by very clever people who work 
in very tight, narrow legal frameworks that have no understand that libelous wouldn't be the right term, would it, James? It's, sort of, it's not defamation. What am I talking about? It's, it's, it basically is illegal. It's use of public language in a way that is inflammatory. Incitement. Yeah. incitement. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incitement to crime, it's, uh, which, which is criminal, whereas defamation is, you know, simpler, simple matter. I actually sent this to Jamesy when the impeachment trial was going on because I was like, are you watching this? This is the maddest thing I've ever seen, which was that when Trump's team decided to mount their defense, which was bizarre by any nature, they played a video just to try to say that every politician in the history of the world oh, yeah. said the word fight. So it was jump, because I was like, fighting, fight, fight, and I asked him to fight. And it went on for five minutes. I mean, it was bizarrely hypnotic. And they played it twice. They played it fucking twice. It was so weird. But the thing was, that what they were trying to do was say that when he said fight, he didn't mean fight. Everyone says fight all the time. Did they play it twice because they didn't have enough uh, clips of politicians saying fight to like last as long as they wanted for the maybe effect? When you, maybe when you say the same thing, computer. maybe you just say the same thing again and again and again. And who knows? That's been quite effective at proving things that are, are not true suddenly become true. But it is, it's, I personally find it an absolutely, I mean, I wasn't, didn't think that he would be uh, impeached, but I find it an absolutely terrifying prospect of the narrative of the next four years and the way that we can, we've watched conspiracy theories sort of whipped up into their first iteration of genuine sort of warlike scenes in the capital. You know? mm. I mean, I, I think there's something about intention as well. I think... Trump probably was trying, well, Trump clearly was extra legally trying to steal an election. And my feeling is he and his people probably, he and the matter of his people, because, you know, part of the issue here is Trump surrounded himself with full on conspiracy theorists who believed quite substantial elements of QAnon. I think by, by the time he'd warmed himself up, Trump was starting to believe certainly a lot of bits of the election steal stuff. Mm. I think in their weird, paranoid, self-serving logic, having a kind of armed, angry mob uh, wasn't there to, you know, storm in and kill everyone. You know, I don't think, you know, Trump's not quite, he's, he's squeamish about that rather than moral. But I think he thought a big, angry, scary mob might just, you know, remind, you know, mafia style, remind Mike Pence what he should be doing uh, with regard to certifying the vote. That doesn't stop it being a coup. That doesn't stop it being an attempt at that. It was an attempted coup. I really do think it, you know, and actually yeah. Mitch McConnell pretty much says, yes, it was an attempted coup, but I'm equating him for it anyway because I'm a jellyfish. Um, I don't think, you know, just because someone, you know, Donald Trump and people around him didn't sit down and go, hey, shall we try and get them all murdered? Doesn't sort of take the pressure off them for that. And um, like words have meaning. We all have questions that keep us up at night. The self-help industry tells us they have answers. As a journalist and a skeptic, I'm not so sure. So I've set out to talk to people who have gone to radical lengths to find answers. I'm Catherine Rowland. From Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Seeking. On season one, we're diving deep into the portal of plant medicine and psychedelics. Listen to Seeking wherever you get your podcasts. Warning, this podcast contains juicy tales of a super dysfunctional family. Brothers betraying brothers, friends becoming enemies, and a mother trying her best to keep everything from falling apart. 
No, this isn't a reality TV rewatch. I'm Dan Jones, your host, and this is one of my all-time favourite true stories. Join me on a trip to the Middle Ages to meet history's most dangerous dynasty, the Plantagenets. This season, the plots are thicker, the ambitions greater, and the betrayals are even more devious in the epic saga of the family that shaped our world. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, this is history. A Dynasty to Die For, Season 2. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's as if the what happened at the Capitol felt like a kind of moment where the sort of the, the, this sort of, you know, it's like the Chinese walls kind of came down and or, or the kind of veil came off and you could see quite clearly that people's grip on reality is 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 sort of, we're losing it because they're so confused mm. because an elected politician who was the president of the United States is saying things that seem unbelievable by Hollywood narrative standards, unbelievable. And... Mm. And it's hard to distinguish for, 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 you know, even news buffs, what is real and what is not. And these people seem to, you know, I, I sometimes see them as almost groomed, you know, victims of mass, you know, information warfare against them, you know? Totally. Yeah, I mean, the people to listen to on this are people who help deprogram uh, sort of people from cults when they leave that. You know, weirdly, I you know, I think... I keep meaning to try and talk to you. Uh, I also have a secret undisclosed project relating to QAnon uh, because I must steal everything uh, in Nikki's life. Um, but um, there's sort of an evolutionary quality to QAnon where, you know, as we as as Nikki was saying, there was C, uh, CIA and on, NSA and on, White House and on. So what's this? What's the deal about this? Because we, we didn't cover this in the first podcast, and I think most people won't know this. So what is the deal with this? I don't understand. Well... This this goes back to the origins of, of Q, which is it comes out of 4chan. If, if people aren't familiar with 4chan, it's like the sweaty engine room of the internet. It's um, an anonymous um, and ephemeral message board where people can post anything. And this is where a lot of so anonymous, the like hacking collective comes out of that. Everyone posts and it comes up as anonymous. And so when you are on a completely anonymous board where not only you as an identity are anonymous, but each post is sort of disconnected unless you add a, a connecting marker to it, um, is that in order to belong, you have to uh, demonstrate a set of behaviors that denotes you as part of the in-group. So um, once you have that, once you have this community, and a lot of that demonstration of behavior involves using you know, incredibly misogynistic and racist language, as a way of keeping outsiders out. But the other thing they do is uh, take on new identities almost as a, as a means of play. And, and this, this grew out of a little era where there were actually mainly Twitter phenomenon of anonymous accounts saying that they were leaking from the White House. Do you remember yeah. there was yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a Rebel Park service, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, and they were at the time, because everyone 
you know, everyone's an idiot. Quite a lot of journalists were covering these as if they were real. Yeah. And this community really, really loves taking the piss out of how stupid normies are. And that's quite a, that's quite a key component, isn't it? That thing that something is posted, a journalist picks it up, they somehow legitimise it by publishing it in a publication that, you know, is seen broadly as legitimate. And when I say legitimate, just that, you know, they're, they're literally a publishing house, so they would be sued if they did publish something that wasn't right. Uh, that's kind of how it starts sort of, I guess the teeth start sinking into reality somehow. Um, and so um, it started out as this LARP. Everyone knows it's playing around. People won't know what LARP is. Um, LARP is a live action role play. You know, it's people who dress up in, um, you know, Civil War gear it, and like it, reenact it, it, it came battles. from people who- People who dress up as orcs and, uh, you know, yeah. spend their time pretending to be halfling rogues Comic-Con with uh, yeah. or something. Yeah. So on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog, right? So you can go on and say, I'm a government insider, blah, 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 and people kind of <laughs> go along with it. And it's trolling because people are going along with it. Most of the community who are the in-group know it's, a, you know, not real. But they're trying to trick people. They're trying to take people in. Like the, the ultimate end goal of this is tricking a journalist into writing about it like it's real. Right? Like that's the that's the money shot for these guys. Like ju- journalists are the prey of the people right. who hang out on these boards. And it, there's not a huge amount of internet literacy among the the general population of journalists. Unfortunately, I mean everyone's having to learn really quickly now. So people are. Slightly I was going to say, Nikki, this is it. where this is where you say present company accepted, and I don't have a long time. Present company accepted. Thank you. I want to know about CI. Anon and FBI Anon. Well, these were just other ones that didn't catch fire in the same way that QAnon did, right? So, so kind of a bit like taxi magic before Uber. Yeah, they were the first couple of clicks of the lighter before it catches fire. Right. Okay. It's, I mean, it's it's basically it's a little bit like when you're trying to decide what to play. You try FIFA, no one's really. <laughs> You, uh, you know, then you try, you know, Zelda again, it's not really caught the mood. And then suddenly you start playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and then, you know, your mates are getting quite into it. It's taking off a bit. And then everyone starts covering Grand Theft Auto as if you're actually going around murdering people. <laughs> because they had all of these different sort of trolls or conspiracy theories and things that hook in people and start to have them believe them. Um, it's kind of, it's evolutionary of all of the different parodies and jokes and things to get people down a weird rabbit hole. This is the one that survived and it's ended up without having a particular leader or a particular focus or someone able to profit from it and build off it. Yeah. Huge. If there are questions, it's ended up looking a lot like Scientology. Yeah. Scientology helps pull you in because you do something a lot like a psychological exam at the start and you tell them what you want to hear or what you want from it. Right. They tailor it to you to pull it in. QAnon asks you to do your own research. And so whichever bit of the conspiracy is most likely to be plausible to you is the one that you'll get on. You know, maybe you think that there are elite paedophile uh, rings, which is not that much of a reach in a world that's had Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein, Um, And that, you know, that can pull you in. And so you self-radicalize. They've managed to develop something a lot like disconnection, um, which was a Scientology thing of cut off any relatives who tell you Scientology is bad. QAnon has that. And so without... It's basically like a peer-to-peer cult. And so right, exactly. people just try and, you know, the idea that you could fact check someone out of a cult would be laughed out of town. 
It bears saying that they're like deprogramming things. There's a lot of like really dodgy psychology that goes around in those circles too. Oh god, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I was not endorsing all all of uh, that because yeah. So James. James, we know you're into gay conversion therapy, all right? We know that that's your angle, so stop pushing your weird George Soros agenda on us, okay? I'm, I'm quite happy, you know, anyone who wants to become gay, I'm happy to help them down that road. <laughs> you know what What it's really like, the thing that, that all that kind of FBI and on is like, is it's a kind of Darwinian evolutionary environment. So, like, all these FBI anons were, like, the mutation in the bird's beak that didn't quite make it, and then QAnon was the mutation exactly, that, that yeah. gave an actual evolutionary advantage. Mm. And it's so strange because this strange amorphous sort of ball of, like, ever-expanding snowballing information and conspiracy theory that can lead you literally, as you said, because it's about doing your own research into blood libel or shape-shifting lizards or fucking, you know, the paedophile gangs in pizza restaurants that don't have basements, Yeah, is that even though we're talking about it like this, when I saw, you know, the confederate flag in the building you know and it should be stressed if you don't know this for the first time in the history of the capitol building that that flag had entered it's now ever enmeshed in history as being at the darkest core of literally the biggest you know breaking as as they've said of the sanctity of this holy bastion of democracy which when we all laugh at america and we all look at it but you know the the, the idea behind the constitution and stuff is is very noble and it is it is it is very distressing to see it not just desecrated but like james pointed this out earlier it's like these people aren't just going to go back to life as normal now the idea that this has happened and oh He's got a tap, you know, slap on the wrist, and people didn't realise that, you know, power looks far less stable than it did when we recorded the first podcast on this topic. Mm. Don't you think? U.S. democracy is fragile. It's a divided country, and one of the things that you know the sixth of January exposed was there is no force so dangerous or so dark that mainstream politicians won't try and write like ride it like. Mm. If people thought there was a bottom, you know, I mean, 2016 should have shown the Republican Party had no moral bottom. We also shouldn't pretend this is new. You know, George, you know, Iran-Contra happened under Reagan and then George H.W. Bush pardons the defense secretary who was accused of the same thing that he was on the cover-up. You had Bush versus Gore. You had, you know, there's not some proud history that was noble and uncorrupt. No, totally. But I mean, we could go into politics are getting more conspiratorial, darker, more venal, more corrupt every day. And the institutions can't hold. Yeah. And I think that's that that point you're making is absolutely well made. Do you know what I mean? It's it's an insane reality where they they, like you said, they'll just, you know, fucking pillage the darkest soul of whatever they can do with their base to sort of, you know, bequeath themselves power. But for me, it's about the militias, it's about the groups that were already um, emboldened by Trump's rhetoric, seeing that it might be possible to insurrect. And I think some of the scariest stuff is hearing that, you know, a lot of experts who I've, 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 you know, I've, I've heard from and I've read talking about 
the fact that, you know, Washington will very much be like London was during the Troubles with Northern Ireland. That there will be, a, you know, assumption that there may well be more bombings and stuff. And that is a very different, you know, thing that there was, that, that, you know, than a reality that existed before the 6th of January. Mm. And QAnon yeah. to the heart of all of it. And it's mad because it's gone from being this fringe thing to absolutely centrally, maybe not just the only force, absolutely not, but it, it's woven into the, the core seam of the fabric of the event. Yeah. QAnon is, is the blob, right? It's, it's the conspiracy theory that eats all other conspiracy theories because it, it's so flexible that it, it can absorb something into its own belief system pretty easily. So, you know, it's absorbed a lot of the anti-vaxxer movement. It's, you know, all of these old anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, the satanic panic, right? All of these are subsumed now into the greater whole that is QAnon. Nikki, do you think that there's any truth in the, the you know, the, the talk that they'll start a political party? I think MAGAism, it, it depends on whether MAGAism has entirely taken over the Republican Party, which it frankly looks like it has. I mean, the, other than a few... Um, breakaway senators and, and congressmen, they all voted to acquit Donald I mean, Trump. Seven right? Republican senators was impressive, but I think yeah. only one of them is up in 2022. And I think three of them are retiring. You know, it was it was pretty meager, wasn't it? That, right. That's not people who think they have a big base, you know, anti-Trump, anti-QAnon base in the party. It was it? pathetic. It was like everyone, the, the ones that you didn't mention are all up for re-election, like you said, in 2026. So they knew they had a, a stay of execution. And the ones with no backbone, like Mitch McConnell, literally as soon as the impeachment trial finished said, oh, well, it's, don't worry. I'll just tell you that, yeah, he's totally guilty, but I decided not to convict on a technicality that I don't believe the Constitution means that you can convict a president when he's not there. I mean, it was just totally... After having decided to delay it until after he wasn't president, like the, the hypocrisy of Mitch McConnell knows no bounds. But it's scary, isn't it? Because what happens with this energy now? There is, there is, you know, ever expanding. You know, as we're the day of recording, there is, you know, terrible scenes in Texas where, quite literally, it's like a, a scene out of Children of Men, where you know, basic utilities are not working, and you know, an awful lot of people are are deeply suffering and you imagine that already, you know, Eric Trump has come out, blamed the Democrats. It's just another thing that it's like a part of this mad conspiracy. I mean, where is this going, Nikki? And what have you picked up on that you see, see as like, wow, this is scary and interesting and, you know, not enough people are talking about it. I, I think it's going to cause a kind of a hardening of, of the core of QAnon. So I, I, what happened on the 6th has put off a fair few people who were kind of soft cued, like who were kind of on the edge. Um, but I think the base hardens. I think there's a risk of it going underground. And that's when you really get um, a risk of these lone wolf kind of shooters or uh, events like that. that. That's the real danger here. Yeah, because I mean, as, as again, this is something that's completely different from when we last spoke. And, and I want to be very clear that I really want to talk about Marjorie Taylor in a minute because that's oh, also yeah. has changed. Good old um, Margie. But before we do, um, that point you said about the way these attacks could happen now, um, 
what is also different from the last time we spoke is Donald Trump has now been banned from Twitter. And mm. there's been an awful lot of talk about the use of Signal um, and other um, messaging devices that are a lot more difficult for um, organizations, uh, intelligence services to crack, but also more different, difficult, I think, on the positive side for people to find in the first place. And that's kind of what you mean, right, about going around. WhatsApp is as encrypted as Signal is, etc. You know, th- this, this, you know, we, we, sh- we should be anti-private conversation while acknowledging it does make it a lot harder when you can't see what people are saying in the nice easy way you can on open social media i thought it was more just the point that it was like that's a new thing isn't it that now that's happened um i saw that was a very good episode of the daily um that 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 covered it in quite a lot of detail but nikki how has that affected QAnon? yeah a lot of it's gone on to telegram um, and so now you have these big Telegram channels by the Q influencers. And we're talking, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 uh, people on these Telegram channels. Um, one of them I was watching recently did have to be uh, taken out of service because it had become overrun with uh, porn spam. Um, wow. <laughs> which is like... Did porn not save democracy? Which, which they, they blamed on the deep state. And it's like the deep state needs you to watch hentai. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, we were talking about this starting on 4chan and 8chan. I will not say 8chan's new name. I find it unpleasant. Yeah. Um, most people who believe QAnon never, ever were going to go on those sites because they weren't technically literate enough. Is there an upside to it being off the open platforms that people just normally browse? It's like, yes, okay, maybe it can get deeper and darker on the things like Telegram. But it's a lot harder to get sort of pulled in in the first place on those, isn't it? So what, what you're seeing is um, the YouTube and Facebook uh, and Twitter um, taking a more aggressive stance has limited its ability to spread um, kind of far and wide. But it's reached a kind of critical mass in the underground telegram groups that, that a word of mouth invitation is still viable, right? Like it's, it's not, it, it, the horse has already left the barn in terms of, um, I, I think maybe it doesn't expand as quickly and you'll lose some of the edge people, but you'll also mm. see a hardening as people go into those telegram groups and really don't get information from anywhere else. So before we finish, I, I, I really want to spend some time talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, um, yeah. Because since the last time we spoke, Nikki, I think it's fair to say that, and I think this is what's really scary, is that in any new political movement, you get out, outliers. And, you know, a lot of the time they're written off as nutcases. Case in point, Nigel Farage, right? And... Marjorie Taylor is now... I thought you were going to say Jeremy Corbyn, Jolly, to get us a whole bunch of written complaints. No, I'm, I'm not going to say Jeremy Corbyn, formerly of the Labour Party. Um, but it's, it's like, it's something quite new. I don't think the mainstream media have got a good grip on it because they're just ridiculing her. Mm. There is a lot going on. Um, talk, talk me through who she is, her background, and you know, where you see this going with her. The first thing you need to know about Marjorie Taylor Greene is that she is a really nasty piece of work. Um, she's, uh, there was one time where she chased David Hogg as one of the survivors of the Parkland school shooting through the street, telling him he was a false flag actor. Um, she's a big proponent of a lot of these conspiracy theories. She was a big um, pizza gator. Um, 
has boosted QAnon a lot. Um, and now she's in Congress. Um, but it's unclear whether she's using these conspiracy theories as a launching pad yeah. uh, and just kind of, or whether she's a, a true kind of swivel-eyed believer. What's your gut say, though? Is she Katie Hopkins or is she... Quite a rich woman, isn't she? Yeah, she's quite wealthy. Yeah, she's very wealthy. She's, uh, Why? Why is she wealthy? She inherited her father's company and then she opened a CrossFit gym, I think. Um, <laughs> of course she did. She's... Um, no disrespect to the CrossFitters, all right? Oh, no, there's a weird link between a lot of fitness and health companies and oh, wild yeah. and problematic misinformation. Mm. It's a thing. So anyway, where is it going with Marjorie Taylor Greene? So it's possible now that Trump's out and banned that she kind of inherits the mantle of the champion of, of QAnon. And remember, Q hasn't posted since December, so it's possible we're in a post-original Q world now. Um it's, it's, it's quite strange, isn't it? Since uh, the admin of uh, the HM board uh, stepped down and resigned from that role, mm, I, don't, I don't really buy that. that. What was the last? What was the last post at time of recording? Uh, it was December thirteenth. I think it was just a, a YouTube video of the American flag flying or something banal like that. So nothing to the like Uber narrative. No, like nothing. Q's been posting for a while has really moved things on in the way that the way people are behaving in the real world have. Like uh, Q hasn't been instructing people a huge amount. He's just given these gnomic statements into which the movement reads all kinds of stuff. But it's really the influencers like Taylor Green, mm. like, you know, Praying Medic or um, In the Matrix, who are these kind of very influential YouTubers who are now big on like Gab and have these Telegram channels. They're the people really driving it. It's almost like the moment when a religion moves into the kind of priesthood phase from its original prophet or cult leader right like mm. it's, it's moved on from there now that's and a really interesting idea that's so that you think that you think it's almost like acolytes now spreading the word yeah, in the gospel. Totally. you know when's the next when's the q council of nicaea type of thing mm. is q going to be the next sort of satoshi uh, satoshi nakamoto is the pseudonym founder of bitcoin um, who just basically disappeared years ago and quite possibly may be dead as Satoshi seems to hold enough Bitcoins to be worth, I mean, tens and tens or possibly now hundreds of billions. Mm. And several people tried to claim to be Satoshi and most people don't think they were. Mm. You know, is Q going to end up being the founder in exile? You know, the absent God, you know, Jesus returned to heaven. Well, I think Jesus is the obvious comparison, right? Like, Jesus uh, and the people's front of Judea. Yeah. Well, Jesus and, and Christianity. Like, Christianity no longer needs new updates from Jesus, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Mormons would beg to differ, thank you. Well, that <laughs> is a bonkers way to look at it, isn't it? That we've really got to a point where they will become a sort of active influence of priesthood, or not, like you said, it already exists. I don't actually, I've never heard of those those people you were talking about. And I mean, there's, there's hundreds of them. Like they're, they're, And there's, there's different factions within the movement. There's the, like, JFK Jr. lot, who most of the rest of them disagree with. They're like a kind of almost a breakaway faction at this point. People um, complain the JFK Jr. people make QAnon look bad and not credible. Yeah, Why the fuck are they called JFK Jr.? Well, so they're the people who believe JFK Jr. is still alive and is going is like going to ride to the rescue <laughs> or something. 
it's, it's, it feels like something out of Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like something out of Black Mirror, frankly. Like it's it's wild. It is just so nuts. Well, listen, we've got to this part of the podcast where we would usually say whether something was real or fugazi. But in this instance, because we know that this is a highly evolving, amorphous being, I'll just let, you know, the wonderful James Ball and our amazing guest, Nikki Wolf, just tell us where they think this is going. So, Jamesy, I'm going to start with you. Where do you see this sort of phenomenon expanding to next? I, I think it will metastize. I think it will find something else to go around and come back. I'm sort of, I prefer this where we can track it and where we can watch it and where we know what's happening. I think if it goes quiet, a lot of people will say, it's got away, it's over, thank fuck for that. I actually, that's when I would start to worry because I think it would come back very loudly in that time surprises. So I am going to be warily watching it for, you know, months and, you know, heaven for fen, years to come. Mm. No, I think we all will. Nikki, what's your, what's your take, bro? Um, I think uh, it's, it's already going into that phase. It's, it's going underground. It's... Um, going to go a little bit quieter, um, but those who are already in its ecosystem are going to get more and more hardened into the belief system. And I think, um, you know, whether somebody takes a pop at Joe Biden at some point or just, you know, goes to a mall with a with a long gun, I, th- I think we're at the the fomenting violence stage of things because mm-hmm. they've they've been told that Biden winning is you know the beginning of the end and someone needs to do something about it that that's the core of but the is it not system. all okay because the president's actually Trump wearing Biden's face <laughs> yeah all. which is a, another Biden real thing that flown Air Force One and therefore isn't the real president I'll just tell you guys if you're listening that is an actual real that's an actual thing, thing. That's, yeah. It's not a. It's not just the, the plot of face off. Oh, hang on, it is. Um, <laughs> the, 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 for me, the, the most terrifying thing about this is, you know, uh, when I was at uni, I, my, my my degree was all about intelligence organisations, and it, it feels to me like when you know the beginning of uh, an interpretive movement. You know, we thought at a time that. Al-Qaeda were bad and then came along, you know, ISIS from the fragments. And I think the terrifying thing, like Nikki's saying, like James is worried about, is that in the public consciousness, this may go away for a moment, but there will be some sort of Trump 2024 rumblings that will continue until it doesn't happen, which I find extremely unlikely. And the amorphous nature of this, it, it, it's terrifying if it, it becomes militarized, isn't it? I mean, there are so many guns in America, Nikki. Yeah. And it's already become militarized. Like, it, it's merging with, like, militia movements. Um, that, that's already happening. And on that uplifting note, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, this is such a core component of why we wanted to do uh, the new conspiracies looking at these things so i have no doubts that nikki will be back um in a series three telling us more about where this phenomenon has gone next nikki if people don't follow you on social media where can they find you uh i'm at nikki wolf n-i-c-k-y-w-o-o-l-f uh, on twitter and yeah 
That's great. That's basically it. Um, and Jamesy, where can they follow you? Uh, they can follow me at JamesRBUK, also on Twitter. And you can follow me at Jollyon Rubes. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Obviously, I'm going to say that annoying thing, aren't I? Please, we don't say it at the beginning of the podcast because we're not dickheads. But help like us, subscribe to it, share it. Send it to your racist uncle and especially to anyone who believes in QAnon. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Hold up. 